was what man, uh, God directed towards the man and said would take place as a consequence of their sin. And he called it, the, you know, he said with these things, these curses will, will be there. So um, let's kind of just go back through. Now, um, as long as you live, it said uh, that version, it's a CEV, it's contemporary English version for anybody that might have been curious. Um, it was what popped up when I started searching. But anyway, as long as you live, you will have to struggle. I'm not in any hurry tonight. As long as you live, you will have to struggle. And so I kind of just threw out some words there. Some of these words are from the definition that if you were to go back through what I sometimes do and break down the different things. But tonight we're just, just going to throw them up there. Painful labor, sorrow. And then it goes on. The ground will produce thorns and thistles. Now, <clears throat> I've lived in a lot of places in the United States. I lived in the south, lived in the north. Some of them I remember more because I was older. But I don't think I've ever been anywhere <clears throat> that's had anything like the sticker grass you guys have here. <laughs> if there was ever a plant that is cursed, it's that plant. <laughs> Jody and I regularly go out, you know, in the place where we're staying, and we're there trying to get those sticker grass out of that lawn because we want Callan to be able to run through. If we, you know, we, even with shoes on, you can still get them all over. And we've had a dog. And anyway, so <clears throat> the ground is, uh, anyway, we, <laughs> anyway. You can take it someplace we don't really need to go. But anyway, but, um, so, but the thistles and thorns, so something fruitless, or excuse me, something worthless and of no value. In Scripture, the only thing you'll see for about thorns is that they get burned. Something that can bring pain, as I'm well aware when I step on them in the carpet in the house. Something, um, but this is the key the key thing that when we get back to the blessing, we'll see the contrast. So, you know, God said, you, you know, you're going to eat plants, but the ground is going to produce thorns and thistles. And an easy way to put that, you know, and to summarize that is fruitless labor. Ouch. Fruitless labor. Fruitless labor. And then he goes on to say, you will have to sweat to earn a living. Um, that's the King James. This is really interesting to look up, you know, and to try to find more. Um, you know, but would you believe that sweat was sweat when <laughs> you <laughs> looked into it? But, it, it you know, we've, we hear the term uh, sweat of a brow, but it was really sweat of the nose, you know, so it's like, hmm, what's there? That, you know, anyway, and I'm sure there's a lot more there, but for tonight, we're just going to suffice it to say, Toil, and I'm throwing the word in there, tears, even though we're not necessarily going to cover the scriptures that cover that part. But, you know, they go together. When you have fruitless labor and you are toiling and you are sweating and nothing is coming of it, I don't know about you, but I cry. <laughs> I've been there. Okay. Um, and then, then, of course, the last part, you were made out of soil and you will once again turn into soil, which is, you know, talking about physical death. That was something that, as I grew up, <clears throat> I, and even in church, that, that distinction was never made. And yes, there's spiritual death too, but I think what happened was, as I grew up as a Christian, I never really understood that the, the unsaved lived forever too. And so there's a whole idea that there's death because of the curse, but they really keep going on existing, you know. So anyway, so that's why I just kind of called it physical death for tonight. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about the bodies returning to the soil. So again, could go into a lot more detail and all that stuff, but I'm not going to. So you could just summarize the curse with these few words. <clears throat> so sorrow, fruitless labor, toil, pain, death. So if we were going to have a uh, a uh, contest tonight or a you know, thing. Who's who's willing to sign up for those things? Any any takers tonight that's you know ready to, you know, you, hopefully keep your <laughs> get that hand down. <laughs> um, nobody wants these things. Nobody wants these things, and um, you know, there's there's a whole part of my message I just would love to get into. I don't get into, but I can probably say just a little bit. This curse 
is common to everyone. And what I mean by that is apart from the Lord, apart from Jesus, apart from, you know, the cross, apart from the promises of God and the goodness of God, if it weren't for those things, no matter who you are, no matter where you live, no matter what you do, doesn't, no distinctions across the board, this curse is common to all men. And, and that's, that's, that's really one of those things to just stop and think about. But we're not going to dwell on that and go into some of the other things about that. So, there we go. so I, I just wanted to throw this in um, to kind of contrast. Okay, so we saw painful sorrow, death, and all those things. And, you know, we, we refer to what I just read in Genesis 3 about, we call it the fall. And I just wanted to take a, a little bit of time to just kind of contrast it to where they were before. So this is the blessing, of course. In Genesis 1.28, after God made man and woman, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. See any pain in there? Any death? Any sorrow? Do you see any toil? Toil is is different than labor, and we'll make a distinction later. But you know, um, I have it as a whole slide later. <laughs> I'm not saying that we don't have to work as we go through this message. <laughs> you know, it can be construed that what if you know, hey, we don't have to work. Um, that's so. We're not talking about not working at all. But there's a place of toil where, where it's hard labor that's fruitless, that doesn't produce anything. God, that's not part of what God has for us. But anyway, okay. So let's keep going. So we talked about how the curse is common to everybody, and there's only one way to get out from under the curse. And we just looked a little bit about the blessing, and that's to get back under the blessing. And when you stop and think now that all mankind... Is, is shut up under that curse apart from God. There's not a single one that's excluded. And um, no matter who they are, no matter where they live, no matter what they do, and so the only way to get out from under that is to get back into that blessing of God. So um, I thought this was real interesting. I kind of knew about what I wanted to minister on. Richard's not here tonight, but these, you know, we're going to touch on some of the scriptures that people were bringing up Sunday. So... Um, this is from Genesis 12, and it's going to talk about blessing. Now, the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. And make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and the ones who curse you I will curse, and in and you, all the families of the earth, will be blessed." Again, there's a whole lot here we're not going to get into, but the thing that I want to point out is the, <laughs> there we go, thank you, um, is it says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Now, when you see the curse and the things that are there, those are the things that, that come on us. And if you notice here, what did, what did Abraham have to do Where's Abraham's part in this? He would be a blessing, but what has to happen first? Okay, so he had to come to a place of obedience. He had to believe. Okay, and that's going to be real important. We're going to cover that later. But in these two verses, do we see Abraham doing something? And that's the key. Um, God says, I will. I will. I will. All the things you guys said are correct. He had to leave. He had to obey. He had to believe. Those, that was Abraham's part. But he didn't work to make himself have a great name. God did that. How would it feel 
and I hadn't ever thought about this until just now, if you had God whisper into your ear and say, this is God speaking, I'm going to make your name great. Wow. Wow. That's what God told Abraham. I will bless you. Because we've kind of lost the importance or the meaning of blessing or what it means to be blessed, we, we kind of read these words and we go on. But there's really a lot here. And again, we're just kind of going to touch on some highlights tonight. So, But the, the key is that we are moving from a place of the curse where there's toil and there's labor, fruitless labor, sorrow, pain, and death. And you work and you work and you work, but you never get ahead. We're moving from that to where you work, you still work, but God is working on your behalf behind the scenes. How does that sound? Anybody willing to sign up for that? (laughs) Where God is working behind the scenes to what? Fulfill his promises. And these were the promises that he made Abraham, that he would make him a great nation, that he would be blessed, that his name would be great, and that he would be a blessing. And if you go through the scriptures, and we're not going to take the time to do that tonight, we see that God fulfilled his promises. Oh, that's good. Anyway, okay, so we're going to, again, we're going to just hit some highlight. Okay, so we've already covered this point. Blessing is all about what God would do. And we talked about, and you guys already answered, Abraham's part was to obey in faith. Obey in faith and believing. We're going to touch on a little bit more about that. Um, Before we do, though, so um, let's look a little bit more about the blessing. And just, again, kind of building a foundation of how it contrasts from the curse. There's the blessing and there's the curse. They're very different. So in Proverbs 10.22, it says, It is the the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. Now, kind of going to bring in another thread here that is... um, in one that I can't really develop a whole lot, and, and I had a whole kinds of scriptures and stuff, but I'm just not going to go there. How many of you know people that are ungodly and rich? Know anybody? And um, <laughs> I'm going to raise my hand on this one before I even say anything, so I'm already guilty. How many of you ever wish that you had what those wealthy people had, even though they're ungodly? <laughs> but the, the, the challenge is... It's not, you know, so I'm going to just kind of bring some balance to the message that, that you know, I mean, I'm, you know, even though people don't serve the Lord, it doesn't mean that they can't become wealthy. It doesn't mean they can't become rich. The problem is the curse is still there. And no matter how rich they become, no matter how wealthy they become, or how hard they work, apart from God, they will never get out from under the curse. And that's a huge fact that the world does not understand, and they don't, they don't know why. They are spending millions and millions and literally billions of dollars. I, I, you know, I mean, I'll say this. It's just, just my sense, you know, in the Tower of Babel, there's just something that has dropped into my heart that, you know, we're kind of like, what in the world are these guys doing trying to build a tower to heaven? Why? But as I've started studying this and looking at this, I'm picturing all of mankind under the curse. And this is before the promises made to Abraham. It's before the promises made to Noah. And, and it dropped into my heart, and, it, and I can't prove it scripturally. Maybe someday I'll be able to, that they were trying to get out from under the curse. Isn't that just, just is like, whoa, that's just amazing. Because is there a curse in heaven? Where were they trying to get to? Heaven. They were trying to build a structure that would get them all the way to heaven. So, again, that's a sailor pause and think. That's a, 
the free one tonight. So it's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. He adds no sorrow to it. And um, that's, it's just like, you know, it's like that's one of those words that if we'll, we'll take it and chew on it and allow it to kind of reprogram our thinking, because as we go through, we'll see some, some things. We'll keep going. Now, this is what I love to get into because I've started on my own to study some of this, and it's just like, whoa, it becomes so clear. But in Deuteronomy 28, if you ever want to know more, if you want to do study on your own, <laughs> there's, this Deuteronomy 28 is really long. You know, it's not as long as Psalm 119, but it's really long. And so there's only 15, no, 14. 14 of those verses are the blessing. And the whole rest of the chapter, which goes on for at least 60, 70, I don't know how many, I didn't look it up. The rest of the whole chapter is about the curse and what will happen when people don't do things God's way. And I highly recommend this study because you'll, you'll see that same thing. You'll be able to take each and everything and begin to put it, oh, that's fruitless labor. Oh, there's pain. There's sorrow. There's toil. And you can keep putting them under those same categories God laid out in the beginning. But it makes it really clear what the curse is and what the blessing is so that you know, like, whew, I don't want none of that. You know, so, okay, but we don't have time for that. Now, but this is what we're going to develop tonight. Because as believers, and I shared this at OAPN, and, and the Lord's kind of reminded me of it as I've started this study and challenged me with it because it's like, okay, what have I done with this? So this is another Selah and pause and think on this. We've become so accustomed to the curse. And uh, I'll use the phrase that Pastor Eric's been using. We think the curse is normal. We think it's normal to be cursed. We do not even know what it's like or what it means to be blessed. And the church, the world has no clue, but this is the church. This is the church. We think it's normal to work and work and work and work and work and never get ahead. We think it's normal to go through a life of sorrow, and pain, and toil. And all the time, God is going, I've done all this, you know. And that's what we're going to go through in the next few minutes. So this is what I just said. And um, I talked about how, you know, and I believe it goes all the way back to the Tower of Babel that men have been seeking and laboring and working and working and working to try to get out from underneath that curse. And as Christians, because we don't know the promises of God, we don't know the Word of God, many times we go on the same things and look to the world. Well, that person over there is rich. And so instead of going to God, we go to this self-help book of how they did it and we try to learn from them and I'm not saying that you can't learn some things from the world but you will not learn from the world how to get under the, out from under the curse that I can guarantee you you may learn some good principles but and so the Christians because they haven't known God's word didn't look to God and you know um some, I was talking to somebody, they're not here tonight, but they were talking about how they went to a church service and the song, you know, the, one of the first songs they sang is, is, is actually a song I love. I'm guilty. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Yeah, and it is. I love that song. I actually do. I didn't confess to her because, you know, you know but just because I like that song, but that was the mindset of the church and has been for so many years that the only way, whew, and I didn't even didn't know this until just now, that was the only way Christians believed that they would get out from under the curse. Ouch. Wow. Whew. Wow. Not knowing the Word of God. Not knowing what the Word of God said. Anyway, so the church looked to the world 
church didn't know that the blessing was already theirs. And that's what we're going to kind of develop for just a few minutes. Now, now um, when we were looking at the Genesis 12 blessing, where God blessed Abraham, one of the things that he says in there is, I will make your name great. Now, and again, I'm going to bring this right back to something that Pastor Eric has been developing and working on. And that's, this is not the same wording that he used, but it's the exact same concept. But God is looking, still looking, for a people that will be a demonstration of the blessing and the goodness of God in the earth today. It's not exactly the same words that he used, but God, if you can look at it this way, God is looking for billboards. God is looking for billboards. <laughs> and if we'll sign up for it, he will make us a sign and a wonder of his goodness. He will. If we all we do, and you guys have already, you guys know the rest of the message, if we believe, if we obey, and if we have faith. Anyway, so, so the whole idea of making Abraham's name great wasn't so that everybody would look at Abraham and, you know, go ooh and ah, but so that they would see the blessing. Uh, fame is God's idea. We'll come back to that one. All right, so let's go to some New Testament scriptures and kind of just, I um, can't remember how many more we have, but I'm not going to say that I'm closing because I'm not, that we're getting closer. Galatians chapter 3, and again, I thought this was so interesting. Some of these scriptures, these very same scriptures God brought out and, and laid on people's hearts Sunday morning. Uh, verse 13, um, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So we're going to just stop right there. All the effort, all the money, all the striving that the world is doing to try to get out from under the curse, that's the answer to it. That one simple thing. That's what makes the things of God so absolutely amazing. And that's why I think it's, it's so exciting that even a child can receive these things. You know, you know the college degrees, the, the self-help books, the courses and degrees and titles and on and on and on. All the work that the world does here with what Jesus did for us. And if we'll believe, it's ours. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And then it goes on to say, In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, or the people who weren't Jews, didn't have a covenant, so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And again, could spend a whole night just on this one verse, but can you see the principle Christ becomes a curse for us so that the blessing, and it's, here it's called the blessing of Abraham, that the blessing God gave to Abraham, the blessing of the Lord, would come on all of us. Now, I'm going to ask the same question. What do we have to do? Do we have to climb a tall mountain? Do we have to go visit a guru? Do we have to make a pilgrimage to a certain place? Do we have to do something amazing, spectacular, and wonderful? And then amazing. But that's because of God's love for us. He makes it so simple. The world doesn't want to hear that because even it kind of just, you know, kind of slap in the face of all their hard work. It's like, what? That's all? Isn't it harder than that? Nope, it's not. Our good news message is that we are not under the curse anymore as believers. And if, if there's anything you walk away from tonight with, let's walk away with it. Walk away with that. You are not under the curse. If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you don't have to suffer painful toil and sorrow and um, fruitless labor. You don't have to suffer any of those things. You don't even have to suffer death. Our message to the world is that they don't have to either. Whew. 
Just as the curse is no respecter of persons, so is the blessing. So is God's love. All men were shut up under the curse, and all men can partake of the blessing. Women, children, doesn't matter. So um, this is a kind of wrap-up here. So how do we become a demonstration, or as I talked about, a sign and a wonder, of what it is to be the blessed of the Lord? Can I just go, go through some things real quickly here? So in Galatians 3, there, I might have had two slides in this, the same thing. That's probably what just happened. So Bobby's doing a great job. Let's give him a hand. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's lifting up his hand. So Galatians 3, verse 9. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. And I didn't throw this scripture in, but in Genesis, I believe it's 12, it starts out in that chapter. Maybe it's the next chapter. It says Abraham was rich in silver, cattle, and gold. You know, and the, but the blessing isn't just about stuff because the curse isn't just about stuff. That sorrow, that pain, that fruitless life. Um, you know, so there's a lot in that. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham the believer. Okay. The life of faith, trusting and believing in God, is the blessed life. It hasn't been very many years. And I think, you know, in different parts of the world, you know, the faith message may have been there. And I, and I believe it was. I mean, I, I'm aware of people that even at the turn of the century were beginning to get a revelation or understanding of what faith is and how to live by faith and seeing the scriptures for what they were saying. But in a lot of the body of Christ, this is still a mystery. That's why I'm so thankful for those who God has raised up in our generation and in the generation prior to, to teach what faith is, but not just to teach it, to demonstrate it. And that's what really got my attention as I started to many, many years ago be exposed to some of these things. It was like, it's like, you know, because it's one thing. And I'm sure that you probably don't want to sit under that kind of ministry or teaching any more than anybody else would. But if all I ever do is preach prosperity and you never see me with anything more than my dirty tennis shoes and my <laughs> probably have holy socks on <laughs> and different things, it's like, you know, it's like, hey, we may walk by faith and not by sight, but eventually, <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, we want to see a demonstration. Let's be honest. If God is for real, and this message is for real, and what I'm speaking about is real, then let's see a demonstration of it. And I believe that even in our congregation we do. So it's not like you have to look very far. But anyway, okay. All right. The world says, so I'm just going to take a little bit of time here. Because uh, before we go on, because we've just established that we as Christians are blessed. And I want to point out some things about what you and I may already really believe about what it means to be a Christian. Okay, so that's the only reason I'm taking this little bit of time here is to kind of point these things out. We're pulling up weeds right now. Okay, so see if this kind of rings true with anything you may have thought or may think. So... Now, the world says that being a Christian is boring. Ever heard that before? Ever, you know, that it's no fun. Being a Christian will make you poor. And that if you are going to not be a Christian, then you have a life full of pleasure and glamour and fun and riches you ever heard that message before? I, I kind of hear some muttering in the background. It's like, it's true, it's true. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not, it's not. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what I'm hearing, but I'm just making sure. Um, so let's go on because it gets worse. The world says that if you want something, take it, get it now. Even if you have to steal, beg or borrow or whatever you have to do, get it. Live now. Now, I'm not using the words that they're using because they use 
just do it, and things like that as their mottos. And I'm not saying that that particular brand of equipment is bad, but it's echoing the voice of the world. So <clears throat> we won't go into detail on this because we'd all be going out. So what's going on? It's, um, the world says it's not cool or profitable to be a Christian. And, and this, these next two things we really want to kind of dig at tonight a little bit, not, not more than what we're going to do anything else, but I don't want to leave them unsaid. The world says it's shameful to be a Christian. If you haven't received this message, that's good. But there, the, there, is, there are voices in the world that say, you're a Christian, shame on you. Okay? They're out there. If you haven't run into that, that's good. That's fine. But that's the message of the world about what it means to be a Christian. It says that Christians are what is wrong with the world. Did you know that's what they're saying about you? Anybody ever heard that or is it just me? Okay, might be just me. Well, wake up. That's what they're saying about you tonight, okay? You know, maybe in Sleepy Little Woodward, you've never got that message. But there's, there's a whole mass of people out there tonight that accuse you of being the problem. It's your narrow, bigoted, prejudiced ways, even if you're not prejudiced, they still accuse you of being prejudiced, and you're not being willing to compromise the truth. Some of you are beginning to understand. That's why I'm coming up with this statement. And it's the Christians who are standing in the way of the world. Okay, now catch this because this is, I didn't even get this until just now. The Christians, the Jews, because they both are a group of people that represent and stand for the things of God, the world has gotten to a point in understanding, of course, it's the enemy behind the world, that the Christians and the Jews and those that are godly, if you can just get them out of the picture, then we'll get out from under the curse. Wow. We're not going to go there right now, but that's another sailor and pause and think on that. Now, the reason I went through those is because, as we've already said, many Christians have bought what the world's message is about who you are. Identity is so important. And, you know, Pastor Eric has been ministering on renewing of our mind, renewing of our mind, renewing of our mind, change, change, change. And a lot of that has to do with identity. Who do you see yourself as tonight? If you saw yourself agreeing <laughs> with what the world is saying about you, it's because you've heard that message. And a lot of times, I have to be honest, I don't know if I've ever sat in a church and heard anything quite like this before. So, but this is the key. Many Christians have bought the world's message and have believed it. So instead of looking and, and understand I, I call them Christians. They are Christians. They love God many times, but they're ignorant of his word. They're ignorant of his promises. They're ignorant of his goodness. They're ignorant of his grace. And a lot of the body of Christ is in that position tonight. And, you know, praise God if it's not where you are, but, but there are those that are out there. And when you believe something, you receive it. And again, that has to do with that place of, you know, that if I believe as a Christian that I'm not going to ever get ahead because I can't lie, cheat, or steal, duh. You know, that's what the world is saying. If you want to get ahead, you're going to lie, cheat, or steal. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, so, but let's look at, you know, of course, we know the scripture, and the reason I pull it out is because it talks about believing and receiving. And again, you know, so... We want to believe and receive what God says about us. And Jesus answered, saying to them, Mark 11, 22 through 24, have faith in God. There's other translations that say have the faith of God or have faith like God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that he, what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. 
have faith. I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, take a shovel and start digging, and digging, and digging, and digging, and if you can, try to get some people to help you, and if you can, try to get somebody with a dump truck, and dig, and dig, and dig. Is that what it says? What I just described was toil and labor, fruitless labor, because of, you, can, you can even take an Oklahoma mountain and go at it with a shovel. You're not going to get very far, much less a Rocky Mountain or something else further away. And so, so even in Oklahoma, that scripture still rings true that you don't want to take after it with a shovel. Be taken up and cast into the sea. You see, I mean, again, we're not going to have time to, de to develop it. So it's just like, whoa. This is what God has made available to you and me. Does it look like toil? Does it sound like toil? It can be hard. I'll be honest. To take that stand of faith when everything around you is screaming, it's not going to work. You'll never get anywhere. This is stupid, blah, blah, blah. It can be difficult. But compared to the curse, which doesn't work, but the blessing works. Anyway, so another sailor, pause and think on that. Therefore, I say to you, all things which you pray and ask, believe that you receive them, and they will be granted to you. Wow. Again, think of this in terms of what the curse offers, where you are limited to what you can do with your hands, and you never get ahead. And all you get is painful soil, sorrow and toil and trouble and death. And here's God saying, it will be granted to you if all you do is pray and ask. Again, and what we pointed out earlier, it's God who wants to do the work. We do the believing, but he works with us. That's just so absolutely amazing. It's, it's staggering, really, to think that little old me, each of us, that God is standing there waiting. I'm ready. What do you want me to do for you today? What do you want me to grant you today? Okay, let's keep going. So I just wanted to pull another scripture out. The Gentiles eagerly seek, Matthew 6, 32. For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. And again, that's talking about that cursed lifestyle, putting it in the context of what we've talked about tonight. Your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Obey, believe. And all these things will be added to you. So it's not just what we do. It's not our toil. It's not our labor. But God himself adds. It's, it, to me, it's staggering. But that's what the blessed life is all about. And uh, again, just a couple things in closing. Doing things God's way doesn't seem easier at first. And how many who've ever tried to do things God's way found that it was just a piece of cake? If it was, everybody would be doing it. If it was all the Christians who have tried it and failed or given up would still be doing it. And why is it? It's because the world tries to give you another message and tries to, you know, it's like, no. But in the end, the blessing of the Lord is the result. Now, I don't remember. Um, I'll just quickly use this example before I do this scripture, and I may have a slide on it, but I'll just tell you. But the example that I think just rings so true with me is if you've ever studied how credit cards work, um, you can buy something, even something that's not very expensive, say like a washer. Let's say it's just $300. But because I need it now, and I don't have $300 now, and because it's easier and I have the $5,000 credit limit, we'll say, I just go, charge it, ching, ching. Used to be they do that. I don't know if they just slide it, I guess. And then, um, you know, it's delivered to my house. I don't have to wait. I don't have to believe. I don't have to trust God. I just put it on the card. Like, 
I'm going to trust God. <laughs> this is, I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody, and I've done this, so I'm going to trust God for the payment. <laughs> anyway, we'll just leave that there. You know, that's, that's just whatever. Okay, so that was free too. So <laughs> we'll all be at the altars tonight repenting. <laughs> anyway, so uh, it's not where I was going tonight. <laughs> anyway, okay, so we've got our washing machine. This is what I was trying to get to. So, um, so we've got the washing machine. We've got it home. But if you've ever looked at those debt calculators and those credit calculators and see that what you end up paying for it, if you don't pay ahead, you know, and for those that pay their credit cards and they charge something and they charge right away, you know that there's no interest. You're not paying any extra for it. You're just paying what it was then. But for those that, you know, take those, you know, 3,000 years of payments, that by the time you get to the very end, you know, it's like, oh, $12 a month, I can do that on a $300 thing. It's going to take you a while plus the interest that comes every month, you end up paying like $600 or, or even more for that only $300 thing. So you really, <laughs> anyway, we, we better trust God for the payments quick. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's just an aside. But anyway, um, but, but the whole idea is I didn't want to wait. I didn't want to trust God. I didn't want to believe God. Uh, you know, and, and so, but that's just one example of the world's way is now pop it in the microwave, it comes out, you know. Uh, but it's, but I, I wanted to just share the scripture because doing it things God's way, um, it, it has something to do. There's, there's one other element besides faith and obedience, and I just wanted to cover that real quickly. Galatians 6 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mock. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. For the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. And you could just put in there, the curse. Sowing to the flesh means you're going to do something not God's way. You could just put that in there. You know, that's all it's talking about. But if you sow to the Spirit, from the Spirit, you'll reap eternal life. Or you can put in there the blessing. And this is verse 9. Let us not lose heart in doing good. And for those of you who are listening to this message and say, I am trying but it's not working for me. I don't seem to be getting anywhere. God's deliverance hasn't come. I still am without. I'm still in lack. I'm not seeing these things. You know, it's like I hear what you're saying. I see it in God's word, but it ain't working for me. This is that last part. Don't lose heart and doing good, for in due time we will reap. But it's that due time. Our due time is like that. It's, okay, God. Ting. Lord, let Aunt Minnie get saved. Ting. Aunt Minnie's saved. She's coming to church. Lord, I need a new car. Ting. You know, the new Lexus is in the driveway or whatever somebody wants. It doesn't happen that way. So even though we're faithful and even though we're obedient, there is this thing called do time. And because of it, most Christians give up. But this scripture is telling the truth that if we won't grow weary and we won't give up, we will become a demonstration of what it is to be blessed. And again, it's that due time that causes most believers to quit. Um, again, this is just another just an encouragement. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence or your faith or your believing, which has a great reward. And we've studied what that reward is. It's the blessing. It's seeing mountains move. Something that's absolutely impossible for our physical strength or our physical whatever. I mean, we could get 100 people and it would still be impossible. All of those things are easy for God. And that's the great reward. The reward is the blessing. For you have need of endurance or patience. That due time again. Endure to the end of the due time so that when you have done the will of God, you've obeyed, you've believed, you've got your confessions right, you've sown your seed or whatever God's directed you to do, you may receive. And the other scripture said you will receive what was promised. So, 
So again, I, I've already said this, but the blessed life is not a life where you don't work at all. And I, and I don't think that came across tonight. I didn't pick up that people were like, ooh, you know, don't have to work anymore. Just, just speak to those mountains. Refrigerator, be full in the name of Jesus, you know. Gas tank, be full in the name of Jesus, you know. And TV, be on in the name of Jesus, you know. And I sit on my couch. No. <clears throat> there's, there's labor involved. The balance to this message is that the scripture does also say, he who does not work does not eat. So there's a balance. God does require us labor. He requires believing. But the labor, there's a difference. It's fruitful. That is so rich. And it may not just be fruitful monetarily. Because the blessing is your supply and not your income, God, if you're willing, may position you in a place where you make very little, but you accomplish so much for the kingdom because it's not about just what we see and it's not about cars and houses and, you know, those are part of the blessing, but it's also about the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. And if we'll make ourselves available, what God can do through us isn't related to our income. Our success is not related to our paycheck. This is the, 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 the other side. When you, we also, as we ask and believe, and God grants those things to us, what a thrill. If you've never had a prayer answered, I, I challenge you, go back and ask again. Don't give up, because once you get one prayer answered, you won't ever want to stop. You won't ever want to stop. You, you become so excited, it's like, God hurt me. <laughs> At first, it may be a shock. It was probably for me years ago. <laughs> it's like, wow, that worked. <laughs> Just being honest. <laughs> but God is good, and he encourages us along the way. I, I think that might be the end. Um, tonight, and, and I don't know if I'll do this or not, but anyway, let's stand. We're, our time's up for tonight. So I know this was just a whole lot. I had, I had a minister one time that, as, as he was kind of training me, he said that if, if, the, you know, if all the horses aren't there, you don't give them the whole bale of hay. And I really did kind of give you a lot of information and material tonight. So hopefully I didn't go too fast, but I, I know that I just kind of sensed you guys were just tracking right along with me, so that was good. But I, I just want to pray tonight. Um, so, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I know that your word has challenged me, even though that I've gone through and studied this, and even tonight, Lord, it still challenges me. And, Lord, I'm so humbled that you would just do what, you, what we've just seen, or that you would grant us things, that you would do these things for us. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as we come before you in humility, as we come before you in gratefulness and thankfulness for what Jesus Christ has done for us, as we come before you, Lord, we say yes. We say yes, God, that you would make each one of us tonight a blessing, that you would bless us and that you would make us a blessing. We say yes tonight that you would make us a sign and a wonder that causes people to go, whew, what happened to you? How did you get to where you are? Father, tonight I happen to know there are people, phenomenally or amazingly wealthy people, who don't have college educations. In fact, many times it was easier for them to become wealthy than the college educated. So, Father, it's not about worldly accomplishments. It's about hearing your voice. It's about being obedient like Abraham, Father. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask, Father, that for Living Word Fellowship Church, for each one that makes this and calls this their church home, that, Lord, that we would all become 
a demonstration of the blessing. Father, I believe or receive, Father, that corporately, that this house would become a demonstration of the blessing to the community of Woodward. We thank you, Father, that we have heard testimony that other people look at our pastor, Pastor Eric, and they say, he's the rich one. But Father God, I just hear a thousand times more. But not just for Pastor Eric, but Father, for each tonight. Because Lord, it's not just Pastor Eric that you want to bless, but Father, you're wanting to bless each and every one of us a thousand times more. A thousand times more. And if that's still something really small, then a thousand times more than that. Until, Lord, and not because we seek a great name, but, Lord, we want to make your name great tonight. Lord, we want to become such a demonstration of the goodness of God. And, Lord, not just in the material, but, God, we're also believing we receive the blessing when it comes to the supernatural, Lord. That when we lay hands on the sick, they recover. Lord, when we come up to a person that needs a word of encouragement, God, that you will give us either a prophetic word, words of knowledge, whatever it is, Lord, that's going to bless and minister to them, Lord. So, Father, we just believe we receive the resources of heaven come to earth so that we can be the blessing that you've called us to be and we can complete and finish the assignment that you've given us tonight and the rest of our lives. And so, Father, again, we are so honored and we are so blessed, Lord, to be the ones that you've chosen to do this for. And, um, Bobby, if you don't mind going back, can you put up that last scripture for me? Because I always muddle it. I just as we close tonight, I just want to, there's a blessing that God gave Moses and told to give to the priests to declare over the people of Israel. And um, so I just want to do that tonight as we close. It looks like I might have to look it up. Let's do that real quick. Thank you, Jesus. God, you are so good. Praise you, Lord. It's in number six, if you're ever curious. Thank you, sir. So this is the, how God directed them. And uh, I should memorize it, but I haven't got it memorized yet. So, but tonight, in the name of Jesus, I speak this over each of you. The Lord bless you tonight. <laughs> the Lord keep you. As we've seen explosions happen on Oklahoma Avenue, I think we all need some keeping tonight. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and show you favor. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom. And the word declares that he will do it. Amen. God bless you tonight. We will see you Sunday.